thinking when I was working here back in the day, like, you know, during the day, and it wasn't like it was this, like you just said, it wasn't as, like, social as it was, so it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, did this club have, see, I didn't know, because I didn't get in here officially until it was, like, jumping. But, like, did this club hit a rough patch? Because a lot of clubs do, man. A lot of clubs that were bumping at one point, like, follow up with the comic strip in New York. I mean, that place at one point was, like, holy shit. And now it's, like, you know, it's like a uh, Puerto Rican barbecue in the park. Yeah. When I, uh, my first night here, which I've been, which I thought about lately because I just uh, had a birthday yesterday. And a, this is the Pony Hour. Hello. Welcome to another episode. I'm here with my guest, Big Jay Okerson. Yes, sir. So I had a birthday yesterday and uh, a few weeks ago, May, my mom sent me a, uh, my mom sent me a text uh, saying happy 10 year anniversary of doing stand up. So I've been thinking about all this stuff lately. And when I got here, for example, the first night, you know, I had planned for it for months, three, four months sitting at a coffee. I didn't, I had never been to a stand up comedy club before. And so I was preparing, writing these jokes every day, Your working first a day job. The comedy club was to go on? Yeah. That's I mine too. Yeah, we're at but Philly? I was, yeah, but I was die-hard comedy fan, but not the lower level. I didn't know like the local guy. I just knew like exactly. big time. You know, not even big time, just like showcase television or hour, half-hour special comedy. Same boat. I didn't know... Uh, even the process of how it's like, well, where do you get into comedy? It was yeah. like, I wouldn't even have known that. Same thing. Same exact thing. I was sitting outside of a coffee shop procrastinating. I being, you know, I just moved here living and crashing on my older brother's couch, wanting to be a comedian and procrastinating about it, sitting outside of a coffee shop. You know the story about Shia LaBeouf's dad? No, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm sitting out there one day. And, <laughs> yeah. And I'm hanging out there and I'm talking with somebody, some guy that hangs out at the coffee shop and he goes, ba 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 ba. You know, that guy there that just walked in, that's uh, Shia LaBeouf's dad. But I had seen this guy. He's got this big gray beard, looks like a wizard. <laughs> and uh, he comes out and coincidentally we end up talking. What do you want to do? Be a comedian? Oh, man, you know what? You know what you should do? You should go straight to the comedy store. And just start there. I go, really? The comedy scene is on the Sunset Strip. You know, it's, I mean, it's there. I go, yeah, I know where it is. But I mean, you start there. You think that was going to do like a, this haha place yeah, yeah, yeah. down the like street because we're in Burbank some, too. Back of a Bennigan's. Right, exactly. Anywhere, fucking in the mirror. And he goes, yeah, I told my son this, uh, whatever it was, fucking 10 years ago. He's, he did his first time ever doing stand up was at the comedy store when he was 12 years old. Five weeks later, he was yeah. on a Disney show called Even Stevens. I mean, really, it was very like, but at the time, I had no guidance, and I am sure. stoned, and the guy does look like a wizard. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not like, I mean, full fucking, like, I mean, huge beard, like the top <laughs> half of a centaur. Like, it goes out, like, on the sides, you know what I mean? Like, not just a fucking droopy. Because he had the body of a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Comedy <laughs> star. Anyway, uh, so I fucking, um, what was my point? Oh, so I get here, I sign up, and. And did you go on the first night you signed up? Yeah, it was crazy. I I, I got chickened out uh, four weeks in a row. And then the fifth week I told friends to come. I was telling friends not to come. Right. uh, The first time. And then I was like, no, come. Because if you pay your five dollars for this thing, like, I'll I'll have to go on. Yeah. And uh, but I lucked out in a sense, though, that like my our open mic when we started uh, me, Kevin Hart and uh, Kurt Metzger. The open mic was a black comedy. It was all black comedy club, but it How was, it was did- really promoted by the hip hop station. So, the open mic that I mean, really like sign up open mic night was like capacity two hundred fifty people in the room, like, and it was hyped up. You know, DJ the whole. It was a show. Yeah. So when I even f- started seeing like actual open mics, eventually, you know, because then we finally found the comedy cabaret in Northeast Philly. Uh, was in like a, uh, it's like in a, you know, it's in a shitty like budget in or something like that. Yeah. And we'd go, uh, you'd go do it there and you're like, oh, this, I'm performing for four people staying in a motel and eight comics. Right. Like that's open mic. I didn't even, we didn't understand that for us. We're like, everything's sold out and hyped up. How many were people, so you did, so you're saying those first shows that you did with Metzger and Hart were sort of like booked shows. It wasn't and- booked. No, no, it was, it was completely an open mic. It was just, it was promoted 
the oh god, one of the guys who owned it was a DJ on like the morning show on like the rap station in Philly. So it was promoted by that. So it was just like it's like five dollars to get in. Drinks were cheap, and it was like, and it would just be sold out every single. Open How close day. around each other did you Hart and Mets girl start? Like literally weeks. Months. Months. I started. Yeah. Uh, I started first. About like five, six weeks later, like uh, maybe like the fifth or sixth time I did it, like Kev came in his first time, and then uh, maybe like two months after that, Kurt's about three months. So I started first, but within three months, all three of us were doing it. Yeah. Me and Metzger took to each other such an interesting way because, especially where I grew up, and this is no, not to take a dig on anybody because I don't think I'm any better than this, but, and you know, you grew up in Ohio. Yeah. You grow up around townies, and Philly, South Jersey, that area is like a towny place, but it's very blue collar for being like a big city, Philadelphia. It's very blue collar. So my friends that I had there were great, and, and they're like, you know, still people I, you know, speak to once in a while and they served such a purpose in my life of like we played basketball and try to get pussy and you know whatever we could go to, you know go to eagles games and shit but like when i met kurt it was very interesting to meet a guy he was in art school the movies that i liked that my i would never even talk to my i wouldn't tell my friends right. to come see a david lynch movie with me they'd be like what is yeah. there you know is vin diesel in it <laughs> i had yeah. more friends like that you know yeah and uh it's so my met, Matt. That's my Matt Edgar. Yeah. With, within, uh, we, uh, he started like I think he got here one week after me, like after that first first open mic, mm-hmm. and and somehow it came up like someone made like a someone said woo, and I'm like oh that sounds like Ric Flair, and like <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't ever expect someone to be like you know who Ric Flair is yeah, back yeah. then. I mean now it's like semi cool to be a wrestling fan, sure, sure. but back then it was like yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. oh you blow dudes too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we both no. had that experience. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it is. And you said he was like that for you, but it was like yeah. me and Kurt just had this like immediate kinship. And then me and Kev, had, like me and I was good friends with Kev and good friends with Kurt. Do you know what I mean? And Kurt and, and uh, Kev were friendly. Does that make sense? We did all hang out and do stuff together, but ultimately yeah. that was about going to do comedy yeah. together. But like I would go to Kev's just to like play Madden where he'd come to my house we'd go play basketball Kurt's not into sports or anything like that and I was into those things but then it was just great at night with Kurt to just go do comedy and like just talk to a guy who was just like a different you know he was like he was my first friend where I was like oh this guy's like way smarter than me mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like oh yeah I don't have to dumb down anything for him in fact like I have to like, you know, Kurt's right. guy would catch me in a lot of like trying to sound smarter than I was yeah. shit and I just uh we just kind of hit it off good and like it's interesting we've it is a cool thing, you know. You know, nineteen years later, because it, it did take both of us a while to kind of get somewhere. But it is like the stuff we've done together. We've done like several TV things together, yeah. Even, like acting That's stuff just, weirdly, yeah. and just st- standing next to a guy like that, and you could appreciate this. And just looking at him, I'm like, "Hey, dude, we're a million miles away from being number forty and forty-one yeah. at the open mic at the Laugh House, totally. you know, all black comedy." And it's like that's that's a cool thing to experience with people. I always thought that was neat. When I was younger and I'd watch a show, like, the first one ever struck me for some reason was, it was like the Keenan Ivory Wayan show or something. He was hosting some, like, talk show for a minute. And it was, like, another comic who you wouldn't even think, it was, like, Sinbad or something like that, was, like, was on the show. Or maybe it was, like, a reverse, like, Sinbad show and Keenan Ivory, whatever it was. You know, I only know them as two rich people from In Living Color and <laughs> right. TV yeah. and movies and whatever. But they're talking about, oh, remember we did that uh, gig in D.C. and we drove and like, you, remember you both your back windows were busted out and you had to have a <laughs> trash bag that kept flying off the car. And you're like, oh, wow, that's like a neat thing. It's like, yeah. And now they're meeting together on like a television show that one right. of them hosts and the other one's, you know, worthy of being a guest. That's cool. Yeah, no doubt. And Kurt, like, you know, I mean, Kurt hasn't, but he should have won an Emmy. I mean, a thing yeah. he wrote won an Emmy. He didn't get an Emmy for it, but... That's not what, how what was Emmys that for? Work, I guess. Schumer show. The Schumer show. Yeah, he wrote uh, that girl. You don't need no makeup. Oh, I don't know. Like he, it was like a sketch they did. They got it, that won an Emmy for the right, and he didn't get oh, the man. Emmy for it. Somebody else like got best it? original song or something. Ugh, yeah, the head writer. Got, the head writer gets it. The head writers are always sort of like. I mean, they gave him his kudos. Like, like Kurt. Like, yeah. look, they can't control that. And like to to the writers' credit, like no one was like Kurt didn't need to. You know, they weren't like trying to sh- like box him out. I think. I mean, they they knew. I think they should have given it directly to him. 
Yeah, but it's still going to say like you know I don't I don't know who went to, but it's like you know, for for example, it's like you know the best way, Kurt's going to have a Kyle Dunnigan Emmy like in his house seems like a weird. Let's go back for just a second. When you say that you chickened out the first few times, so what does that mean? You chickened out the first few times, like you were you just went and you were going to go up and I then signed you didn't, up and then to Ray Gordon, who uh, still does comedy for sure, but he was like the guy he hosted the show and he was like charisma on stage still to this day like he's just got an infectious personality he's a guy when he talks you're like i want to listen to this guy yeah it's so funny being uh almost 40 years old i'm gonna be in a couple months like looking at a guy he was 26 and i and you know i was 19 and just looking at this guy going like wow how do you just be that comfortable and confident on stage right and um to ray uh i met him there and he was very nice and uh he came up to me for four weeks in a row when it was like, all right, big man, you're next. You're going to go, I'll give him hell, man. He knew it was my first time. Yeah. And then I'd be like, uh, no. <gasps> I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. He's really? like, he's like, come on, Jay, you got to go up to me. And anyway, by the first week, he was kind of like, he's like, you sure, man? He's like, come on, you're here. You should do it. I go, no, I'm just not ready. And, I, and, I, and he was like, all right, cool. And then when I came back the next week, you know, I'm sitting there all night. It's a right. fun night. It's a right. fun show. Right. And, uh, you know, he was like, and then, you know, I would get nervous because one of them, like, Michael Blackson would pop in. It would be funny. It was like, oh, Michael yeah. Blackson wasn't even a name. It was just a matter of, like, in Philly, he was a name, which didn't mean anything to me. Right. But what I saw for the first time was someone go, oh, sh- shit, we're just off coming back from BET's comic view, everybody, Philadelphia's legend, yeah. Michael. Ba- and, like, they did know who he was, yeah. the crowds, because they come to the show every week. Yeah. And it was blow up, and I'd be like, I'm like, fuck now. I'm not going up. I'm not prepared to fuck. And I'm like, you know, it didn't matter. If anyone was confident on stage live at that point, forget hack or whatever, I was just kind of like, wow, dude. They're like doing, they're controlling this crowd, and it's not going bad. Yeah. And then you see if you go bad, you'd be like, I don't want it to go bad. And so I would just bail. And like the fourth time, he actually uh didn't list, let me like say no and he, he called my name and I said I had to do that embarrassing like like be like just shaking my head from the audience I'm like, no no, no dude, I can't I can't I was like oh, I have to wait I just came out I have to wait for some was coming and he's like and he just didn't put me on so and the fifth week I was like I'm gonna bring friends I'm gonna make friends pay right. and just do it yeah. like uh and I did it the first time and it went great with awful jokes all just self-deprecating fat shit I believe and it was, and you know, and like you know, do you ever see Jerry Springer? <laughs> like you know, like the, the hackneyed stuff at the time. And uh, you know, white guys do white guys. I did everything to get a black crowd you could, right. and it went great. And uh, I came back the next week with all trying to write all new. I didn't know the, I, I, you know, no one's there to tell you out of the gates. Like, no man, like you start doing like three five minute open mics you know, three to five minutes and you're honing that five minutes. Like, in fact, just go keep telling that five minutes every time for like, like get that five minutes to be real good, you know, at least or like, you know, consistently kill and then move on, you know, no one tells you that. So I'm like, every week trying to come with something new, which is going to be obviously horrific quality. It's all like simple misdirections. I didn't know, you know. Yeah. And, but it was work, but you know, it's like, uh, but I'd start eating shit and I just like did so bad for a while. But I, I think I only did, I'm a quitter by nature, but I think because uh, I did well the first time, it was just that serendipity. I'm not religious or spiritual, but very serendipitous. To, like the first time went well, so at least I knew in my instincts to quit something. If I did bad my first three times, maybe my first time I'd be like, "Yeah, exactly. I'm not supposed to do this." Yeah. But the first time went good, despite the joke quality, and it's just that feeling where you're like, "I can make that," because that felt so good. Maybe it didn't even go that what, good. Maybe what, it just didn't go bad. You know what I mean? But you're chasing. You know, heroin. We're so joking outside about. Uh, drugs. It's that you're yeah. chasing the fucking dragon of that. You're just right. like, man, I want to do that again. How did your style? Uh, if the, most of you listening should know who Big J is, but if you don't, he's a monster. Legion of Skanks podcast. Every he's just one of the one of the comedians that's hilarious. Just a hilarious dude. But when your our stand up styles aren't that far off because we both love uh, crowd work. And yeah. you, I. I give I I always say there's no doubt about it you are the undisputed undefeated you know you're the Mayweather of it to me as a comedy fan and also a comedian and uh how did that style sort of like what do you remember like being certain inspirations and tidbits and moments because I remember the first night I was here and realized that crowd work was a thing yeah. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're like, I have to have jokes and tell you. And if people talk in the audience, they'll be removed. And realizing <laughs> like, that 
and when I say crowd work, I just mean sort of like jokes, but not even necessarily even off the crowd. It could be about the room or anything. Yeah. I was just so set on material Living on the, the paper moment. that when it hit me, like, wait, that's the most fun part. And that's what I would do in the classroom. And it's sort of like it was all hitting me at once. So it's all it's an intriguing thing to me because not many comedians do it. I think, uh, you know, how many shows do you think a real comedy fan goes to? A year, like if you're a real fan of stand-up, one or two, three, four, like big, big one, you know, five, six. Yeah, probably. Right. I think a real really... comedy fan will hit uh, once a month. Yeah, a real. I mean, like, and, and by the way, I'm going by living in New York. You're here in LA. Yeah. Same thing. Like at this point, and maybe it's not here. I don't know, but very much in New York, like I know very well the regulars, mm-hmm. like the audience regulars that yeah. come all the time. I know them, and it's like. It's great to have them there. And there's also a thing, kind of the crowd work thing stems from that too. What happened with it was, yeah. I was just doing jokes like anything observational or personal jokes. I was always dirty. And then uh, at one point, many years ago, DC Benny used to run a storytelling room in New York called uh, at this place called Zinc Bar. Or Urban Myth, the show was called, and he, and he asked me to come do it. And he kept he kept stressing you don't have to be funny on it. It's a storytelling <laughs> show. He's like, you don't have to be funny. That's that's not a good sign ever when it's somebody's just, like you don't. Have well, I think to he was just explaining to me that it was like more just like it's not a co- people know they're not coming to a comedy show; they're coming right. to a storytelling. So it might be a sad story. It might be something you know. But my instinct's always to tell something funny, and I went the right. first time and did it. It's still like a long form story that was like slow paced. I wasn't worried about the laugh because he kept telling me not to. I watched a person where I just tell a serious story. Right, you know, or like a adventurous story of like holy right. shit. So, so I'm it's like, the I opposite of following Michael Blackson's return yeah, to yeah, Philly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like you see the pacing and this, everything's like slow and not exploding. And it's uh, I'm up there and told a story and I just liked it. And I was like, man, I really just off the cuff kind of made that peppered with like funny for a story I've never told before in like an audience. And uh, then I go back over to the Boston Comedy Club and do my late night spots, and I would um kind of try to tell that story then in like a comedy setting. So then I became very into storytelling. My big thing was like, oh, this is great. I have story, you know. I got arrested one night. I'm like, great. Yeah. I'm like, this will be something. Right, I mean, the is... night sucks, but you're like, the whole time right. you're in there, you're like. I got a new closer. Everything. I'm, you know, a fight starts in the, <laughs> uh, I get into a, an altercation with a guy. All Everything that happens, you're just kind of like, in the moment, you're like, this blows. But as soon as it's over, you're just kind of like, there's another tidbit for that story. The guy tried to choke me while I was asleep. You know? <laughs> wow so I, I i became almost like known at least like the local new york communities like storytelling I, my album my first album is called an american storyteller because it is all these like long form stories uh-huh. but when i would start doing that in the clubs in new york and i wasn't getting on the road a ton my my, uh, my things wasn't really popping like that to get me on the road much so i'd open for patrice or Attell or you know burr robert kelly i've gone on the road with to to make some money, but like I was in the city a lot. And then I'm in the city in front of these same, not the audiences so much, but the, the same four walls, the same staff mm-hmm. at the few clubs I'm working. And, and they, I'm telling these long form stories and I'm like, God, like I, I'm getting a little bored of telling them. They're so long, you're, you're kind of committed to a script of them, even if you play with them a little bit, you know? So then I was like, you know what, let me start doing is let me start talking to the crowd and I'll get them, like I'll, you know, force feed them like the way to get to my story but it'll we'll have some fun back and forth first you know the have you ever's whatever story i'm about to tell you ever think about this or mm-hmm. you know and weave them into it and then one night at the comedy store i've told the story a bunch i'll never tell the comedian's name though because i just feel bad doing it but it's a comedian who like you know sort of notoriously like the doesn't change the act very much <laughs> right i think he actually has more now lately but i've known him for a long time and it was like similar act for a long time and uh i saw the waitresses well you got the light and he kind of starts the bit you know the closing bit yeah i walked out i see a one of the wait staff like roll their eyes while mouthing the words of the joke and i was like and here's the thing the staff's very nice staff always likes me i think i'm good to the staff so it's like uh i come from the dave tell school of that he's so good to staff so i was yeah. like and i was so behind him that i was like yeah so i try to like I want the staff to like me yeah. at these clubs. And I was like, but I know the staff very much talks to and likes this guy too. Yeah, And I'm like, I do not want these fucking people behind my back right. like being like, ugh, oh God, we got to hear this nonsense again. So it's, then I was like, fuck, I'm just going to take the opportunity. I'm not afraid to do it 
it goes pretty good, it seems, when I do it. So I go, I'm fuck the story. I'll tell the stories on the road. Yeah. And I'll find maybe some new shit by, or and I, didn't, I, don't, I think it was actually kind of organic. I was just like, just in these things, I'll talk to the crowds. It's more fun. I'll do that a bunch. Yeah. Unless I, you know, come up with a new thing I want to try. And then what happened was quickly I just realized, I'm like, I work, I think, the bulk of my best stuff. And even weirdly, paying attention to things you say on stage in the moment and then going home and just analyzing what you said in the moment mm-hmm. leads to like, you're like, wow, why, why, if you're like, why? It sounds stupid, I know, but it's like comedy science. We said this on a purchasing the other day. It's like when your mind works, you're like, oh, you know, that very organic, quick-witted thing I said, it goes actually kind of rooted in my actual belief of what that, so then it becomes like a broader picture. That's how a right. joke kind of forms. And because you start if I sit, to trust If I sit down, you, dude, yeah. and, and go, and we said this outside, I was telling you, I just, I think I'm immediately like, you ever been on the subway ends? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, because I, I just don't have a starting point. Right. Me and Metzger always yeah. kind of worked very well together because, and it's why I think I do good radio <laughs> with uh, Lewis and Dave and Dan Soder so much. And Dan Soder particularly has a thing where it's like, we are so different Yeah. in like uh, our fun, like Dan's like pretty, you know, uh, like vanilla in his like view, you know, he's not like a, like a cre- I'm like notoriously with the Legion of Skanks, like we're over the top and do whatever. So those worlds kind of meet in the middle, mm-hmm. which is uh, nice. And my point was going to be great. Um, I think it's gone. Hang on. Different. Uh, you guys are different. And that's a thing because, uh, Ari, where were we? He knows it. Too high. I'm sorry. Uh, Everyone's too high. <laughs> <laughs> we just all have a too high. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's go back for a half a second to sure. this, which I thought There's was someone interesting. someone home right now going like, oh! <laughs> that's the end of that story well, is going to be killer. We, we, we dig it? What, it was, you were, we went from Soder to... I said we, we talked were, about it outside, we were, which would mean... Oh, soccer. writing jokes. Yeah, we were talking about how yeah. our process, sort of like our, our crowd work to... Yeah, absolutely. So it's like my uh, what, what, me and Kurt used yeah. to work very well together because yeah. Kurt's such an idea guy that he would call me with things that's like, I would never write a joke ever about this, but he's like, hey, I just uh, watched this documentary on the Black Mamba Snake. Like, do you, uh, he's like, you know the Black Mamba Snake will, to attack people, like they'll actually get up on the tip of their tail to like, just to make sure they bite you in the face. And then, because he wants me, like once he's once he gives me that, now we're talking, and then he's yeah. like, I'm helping, you know, because he wants me to help him with like punchlines. Right. And what's amazing about writers, too, yeah. and I, I, I shouldn't speak for, I know you're a writer yeah. very much, but I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like Kurt's like the best writer that I know as far as being so close to, and uh, very open to taking suggestion or where me if someone oh, gives me a line what, i'm always right. just like i suck because i didn't think of it and then right. i get bummed telling it and i, I, don't, I tried like once or twice to tag somebody gave me and i go it's great dude it kills but it's just like I, it just bothers me that it's not mine as a comedian writer for me it goes both ways like it's an interesting thing it depends on what the bit is how close it is to me sure, and yeah, also yeah. W- and also like that for example like the black mamba thing for just an one small example is like that's something at its very beginning premise. I think getting a tag or something after really working something out for a few months yeah. every night and it's killing and then you realize somebody's just gave you a <laughs> tell's done that to me a couple times. I'll I'll be like, Oh, I can't wait you know, I see that Dave's in town. Yeah. I'm always excited, you know, for for, you know, whatever, because he's such a joke smith and like we always, you know, go back and forth and does anyone do this? Does anyone do that? We're always, you know, he's so funny with that. And so I do it to him because he's in New York. You know right. what I mean? I go, Well since you ask me does anyone have a joke about uh, you know their mom being a dirty whore or whatever <laughs> anyway uh Every, everyone's got their a tell story by the way like if you link up with comics everyone's got that phone call i think their favorite one that he called <laughs> yeah. to ask you was if you have a joke about yeah. and mine is uh he goes jay he goes uh joke check he goes do you have uh anything about uh civil war reenactors and strap on dildos and i went no. i was like but you know what dude if i did i would tell you just do yours i bet it's better right i, go, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with those with that premise civil yeah. war reenactors and strap on dildos i go that that's a weird thing to ask anybody ever I'm like probably not i don't god he's a monster okay so now that we've figured out the end of that kurt thing let's go back because you said something really interesting to me about uh the waitresses and you're spot on about that those are the people who are really from afar but into it but from afar but into it and not paying too close of attention you also have no idea how much influence they have over the booking of a club 
Well, it's very weird. Like they are, they are oddly in the ear of the bookers, owners, whatever. Like the managers and the managers talk to the bookers, and, and it's like it's very and it's and it keep them. And in, 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 I'm involved. I was regular at comedy clubs well before I had any like stuff like where you know I wasn't on the road and where there was no draw. I wasn't really helping the show like that. Simply because the staffs were like, it's fun when I come in because I'm gonna go back and forth. It's gonna be different every night. Yeah, and that was a that saved my ass on the road too because I wouldn't draw crowds and. The, but the manager was like, I'm going to tell everyone what a great weekend we've had here with you. And you're like, thank you, man. That's yeah. great. And imagine here, it's no bullshit at all with those waitresses. They all want to make money. So it so it does apply to the thing. Like, it's almost like it does sort of make sense. They should almost have like a report yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Because they do know when somebody gets a you know an earlier spot and it drains out earlier. You can feel the energy in that room, yeah. especially if you're a waitress. If you're going in and out every three minutes i'd argue that it's almost a better barometer than just sitting in there and you know what i mean like it's like you're really checking in then well with the wait staff too like if you get them to like roll laughing yeah like that's a, at some point exactly this, what i was you, just gonna say i had the say. set of my life yeah. in that fucking room on uh what day is today what is this i'm so today confused is thursday friday Friday, Today's right, Friday. Friday yes. It was um, Tuesday night. I was supposed to have a midnight spot. Oh yeah. So in say. fifteen minutes, in, yeah, in fifteen minute intervals, there. That's uh, what is that? Six spots or something later. Anyway, midnight. It's fifteen minute spots. Everybody has. So there's right. a nine o'clock, a nine fifteen, a nine forty five. I have midnight, and I got there early. I was just coming off of another fun set down the street. I'm here, in a miracle. None of the six people that are up next are there, but I'm checked in, so I'm next. And I got up an hour and a half earlier than what I've been working on, as cheesy as this sounds, I've been working on it to making it kill at the midnight spot. Right, right, right. Like I'm trying I'm 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 trying to steal the whole show at midnight with this set. And in a f- and again, I had just done it down the street. So I got <laughs> double double momentum and I had this set that was I mean, just one of those nights where literally halfway through my set, I'm thinking to myself, there's a part of me literally thinking like, well, I'm going to be celebrating this for the rest of the night. This is what I do this for. This is like, it, yeah, this they is, were juiced, man. talk about chasing the dragon. Like that's sort of like, you know, how it works with me is if I have as much fun as I can have doing this, that's, that's the night where, you know, have a oh, couple yeah. drinks, get loose. That's what it's all about. Anyway, so... I literally, and another thing is when I'm like sort of having a set like that, like as fun as it really can be, I'm very aware of what's going on in the room. In that OR, I know who's coming up that back staircase. I know who just came around the corner and that. It's weird, but like it's sort of like, you know what I mean? And sometimes I'm taking pictures and you make eye contact with me. Oh, I know. Sometimes I'll look right at and I'll know when you're taking the picture. Yeah, <laughs> I'll know when like you're set. I'll see you stop, and then I'll just fucking look. <laughs> Give him the creepy eyes. <laughs> but I, 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 w- I was leaving a fuck. I mean, the, it was just an, it was a different kind of set. This set that I had on Tuesday at ten thirty, and um, and I was taking note of the waitresses that were there. Yeah, and I'm literally like, if this set is as good as I think it is, then no matter how busy they are, when I walk back through there, like I mean, I'm crazy, you know what I mean? But I'm sure. like, I bet you this set is, if it's as good as I think it is, they're going to have to literally like stop me on my way through the kitchen to go smoke pot and have to tell me because I'm pretty bad. sure that this set is fucking nuts, right? Because at that point you're like, eh, is this? It was some, I'm talking about I'm talking about Why a dream set, Big J. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, I should be. This should be live streaming on Netflix oh, yeah. right now. I'm in it. I'm the guy. I right? Start taping every show. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I do. Oh God, you're. I literally say this shit. You're spot on about taping no, every we all show. Do. I'm saying, but we right. all we all do. We, we all like. It's, yeah. It's, I tell you, man. It's it's the most. It's the trend that goes through any comic that you think is funny generally or respect at all. That is a trend that runs through them. It's the it's the most self hating narcissism. It's like you're still like the center of your own universe. And like I said, like as much as I literally go, it's like I'm a one trick pony. You can't blah blah blah. I suck. <laughs> and there's a day where you just kind of like. I mean, fucking move over, George Carlin, <laughs> on Mount Rushmore. I mean, how good am I at this? And it's day to day. And 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 by the way, and both of those feelings are like genuine in that moment. And there's no. 
fucking in between. So when you speak publicly, right. because I realize those are two extremes, when somebody asks me, they go, uh, do you think you're really good at comedy? I'm like, I mean, I think I do. I think I'm funny. I think I'm like a funny person. Like I don't know. It's yeah. like that really becomes subjective because someone thinks I'm the worst comic. It's hard for me because I come from a. I, we listen to we listen to different kinds of music. I do believe, Big J. You're a little bit more heavy metal. No, I'm dude. You'd be. I'm always amazed by uh, how much it does surprise people. Like my, if you went through my iPod, I mean, it's as much Marilyn Manson as uh, you know. Barbara Streisand, yeah, like yeah. the Bee Gees, seventies, right. eighties music. Like I'm a big classic rock fan. So I think uh, I'm all I, over the place. I like a lot of the some of the. I'm actually getting weirdly as I get older a little more into some of the hipstery rock, War on Drugs bands like that. Hmm. I've Weird. never listened to. The, I have no. I don't know War What's on Drugs. What's your uh, lately? It's been. I mean, more and more. And I've always been a fan of everything. I mean, Ennio Morricone all the way to you know anything. Crazy stuff, orchestra, piano, yeah. rock, rap, everything. But lately, really rap, the yeah. last few years, and it's an interesting new thing. stuff. Yeah, uh, well, new good stuff like yeah. uh, you know Kendrick. Kanye, Kendrick, Rick Ross, like you know the good ones. And 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 I and I'm not and I don't listen to you know all the tracks that Rick Ross puts out. Two Chains, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of them, right? And one of the things that obviously happens is, is, uh, you know, they talk about making more money starting from fucking nothing and climbing up and working hard, grinding when, you know, the other people are just asking for handouts or kissing ass or all, and it's all in there. And it, it's like, a, I think it, um, talking about the line of like being humble and also getting to enjoy it it's like it makes it tough being a fan of rap music i think because yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking like you come right off of you know just to pump should up have a body. better example but yeah i mean totally and i pull in you know and you know my car bumping that shit and you just feel it and then you're <laughs> out of neighborhood it drug <laughs> today you pulled in with the classic rock oh yeah all the aa people I love it. Yeah, they're creepy, man. Those AA people are weird. Well, they're AA people. Yeah, I mean... You they're could, addictives. Yeah. Now they're addicted to each other's stories, huh? I That's guess so. Happens. It's I just, just an like, open mic. When you hear those stories of someone doing it where it's like, I was, and then I was drinking vodka, I had a glass of vodka in the shower with me. I'm like, That's just like sort of retarded. <laughs> like... A dictionary that you can't take a break in the shower. That's like literally me going, it's like, if I can only smoke in the shower, like, what would the point of that be? What would the, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of things I don't want to smoke in. You know, like so plenty of situations. I love smoking, but the shower, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, all those things like, and then, you know, it's like, I go to work and I had a, Poland spring bottle of you know, vodka. You're like, right. you, through work? Man? Like, just like, I don't know. It's like, that's one of the things that strikes me where it's just like, that's what people say all the time about like uh, when someone goes, you're going to be on a flight for 26 hours. I swear to you, now I will chain smoke before I get on that flight. Oh, yeah. But one of my big like blahs of the fight isn't that I can't smoke. You just kind of accept. You're like, yeah, well, what am I going to do? Like, right. You can't smoke. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I'll find a way to smoke. When I've heard those stories, like someone's like, I just went for it. I smoked in the bathroom. I go, oh what are you fucking God, nuts? A cigarette? That's crazy. I'm like, why would you? Like, I'm like, you really, dude, can't hang on for like sleep a bunch you know I mean? <laughs> right you're gonna shut off anyway because your stimulant's gone those flights are tough though they're rough they, ones. but i would say they suck for so many more reasons before not smoking you know what i mean closed quarters recycled air yeah fear of death as i have on every single flight i get yeah. on yeah the Where only d- good thing about the those long ones like that is usually they're on a plane for some reason the bigger the plane, I feel it is the safe for, even though I know yeah. it's probably heavier and much more out of control. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's safer. But is it? Yeah. yeah. It's like there's like three rows and you're like, this thing's not going anywhere. Right. Even yeah. turbulence is just like little something, something. Um, what was I get just about to fucking bring up? Something about smoking on a plane. Oh, one time I had a vapor pen uh-huh. and uh, um, forgot that uh, there's fire detectors in the airplane this is years ago and forgot that there was a smoke detector in the airplane bathroom <laughs> and i just thought i was the king of the world i think this was like a trip to one of these rogan trips or something maybe and 
I don't maybe it wasn't a Rogan trip. Anyway, and I go at I go to the bathroom and I t- had this little vapor pen on me. And I'm like, this is the shit. And I take one big riff. And you know how sometimes when you're like, when you really think you're on top of the world, you do that thing where you'll exhale by lifting your head straight up. And you're going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, like nothing can go wrong. Exhale. <laughs> the real boy, I needed that. And I... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I just... Blow straight, and as I'm blowing, I open my eyes too. It's like one of those like you're real in. You're just looking like, right oh, at it. And as I'm looking, I'm my eyes focus immediately on no smoking. And it just put put immediately. It, it starts the loudest fucking siren. It just you're but the vapor in the was bathroom. probably gone though, so they didn't smell anything. Well, what I right. did was is I literally just go. Yeah. Just blow everything as hard as I can and just step out like, what's going on in there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, what do you mean? Were you smoking in there? And I'm like, no. Like what? that. I said it like that. Like, uh, no. I swear to God, if you could hone the acting uh, powers of uh, a good, because I, I think a lot of com- I think a lot of comics too are fantastic liars. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. I mean, I've been caught in some lies in my life, but like, I've had to confess to many more. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it's not getting caught. You know what I mean? Like, we're, and that is really the. If well, you, you, you do have to be sometimes acting where you're kind of yeah. like. I mean, you almost have the reaction. You almost convince yourself it's real when the guy's like, were you smoking in there? And you're like, fuck you, dude, for even thinking some shit like that. Like, we're so ready because, I mean, don't you see when you see movies or even like real, like, if you're watching, I watch a lot of just the show Cops and shit like that. And you see people lying like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I'm like, how bad are you with this? Right. Like, get mad at the cop a little bit, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like, learn the act here. You yeah. gotta be like, like this is ridiculous. I don't, I don't even do drugs. You know, it's like, they're always just like, uh, they're, just terrible liars freak me out. I'm like, how do you not do that? That's so funny to come alive. What the hell? I pay all this money for this trip and I got to deal with this shit. And the vapor had totally dissipated. Like, I made, I looked when he looked. So it's like, he's in front of me and the door opens. He goes, oh, are you smoking in there? I go, no. You know, and, he, and I remember him looking. At that moment, he's done looking at me. He turns his head. And when he turned his head to look to see if there was smoke, in the thing, I remember turning my head like it was the moment of truth. Like, did the vapor? It had been three point nine seconds at that point. <laughs> it did all in one motion. You know what I mean? So I look back with him, with just like if there was this camera footage of the transition of me, like because <laughs> there was either still gonna be a cloud of smoke or there wasn't, and there wasn't. But he was still sort of a dick about it. I think he knew something was a little oh, rotten yeah. in Denmark. Cause he's like, "Go back to your seat." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always remember that part because, like, <laughs> go I, back cause, to like, your cause seat because it, it hurt me. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like being told like what to do, especially like that. Right? Like, go back to. Your... So I wanted to again going back to what you just said about getting madder. I almost wanted to like be like, yeah, like "Hey, what do you mean go back to my seat? It's your fire alarm." <laughs> Yeah, to see you want to sit there and fight the fight still. I'm like, how long? You know, no, I go back to my seat and talk to me like that. I paid for that seat. The seatbelt signs off. Your fire alarm's going crazy for no reason. Then I was and like, now you're accusing me, a paying customer. What is your name? Who's your supervisor? Just getting fired for being right. <laughs> Get We're some so, justice oh my with God. these airline attendants, dude. The uh, Oh, well, I remember. So I remember years ago, uh, when I was doing the nasty show with uh, Patrice O'Neill and uh, Dom Herrera. Mm-hmm. We're both on a Patrice God, wasn't that's there. That's an amazing line. Patrice wasn't there the first night, and uh, Dom Herrera asked. Uh, he asked Robbie Pra mm-hmm. from a JFL. He asked him uh, where Patrice was in the lineup, and he was like, "He's like, why?" And he's like, uh, he's like, I don't want to. I don't know if it was. I didn't want to follow him, or didn't wanna, I, he didn't want to go somewhere in the lineup. He goes, and he's like, uh, he's like, why that? He goes, I don't like the guy. He said something like that, right? And uh, I was like, oh wow, that's weird. So I talked to Patrice as a friend. Yeah. Like I go, hey dude, I go, what's uh, what's your gripe with Dom Herrera, man? He's like, he's like, what do you mean? I go, I was just downstairs with. Uh, and it, by the way, in the room, just me, Dom Herrera, and Robbie. Mm-hmm. I was down there. I overheard uh, him saying to Robbie, like he doesn't like you or something. I'm like, I'm like what's your? Uh, cra-? He goes, Ah, oh, man, those 
old motherfuckers get upset when they when they do tough crowd with me because I just like bull through everybody and whatever <laughs> like that. I go, oh, so it's like, he was like, that ain't that serious, man. I don't give a shit. I go, yeah, cool, man. Don't say anything. And he hangs up. He immediately calls Tom Herrera. And he's like, what's his problem? <laughs> wow. And then Tom Herrera comes to me later and he goes, he goes, uh, hey, man, I, I just want to say I'm sorry. This made, I think we had a weird thing for, I love Dom Herrera. And I've always, like, I mean, respect, especially the Philly guy, you know, he's a yeah. legend to me. He's so a legend to all bu- of us. So it bummed me out. And he's, and he's the most fucking brilliant and hilarious. He's the guest with the most appearances on Kill Tony. Yeah. We, we, we hit him up any chance that he tells yeah, us that week that he wants to. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, but he comes back to me and goes, like, hey, Jay, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't know you and Patrice were friends. You know, if I wouldn't have said that stuff in front of you. I go, what do you mean? Like, I know exactly what he means. I go, what do you mean? He goes, <laughs> oh, you know, Patrice told me, you know, that uh, he heard I said the thing. And it was only me, him, and the other guy. And it wasn't the other guy who told him. And he goes, so, you know, I figured, like, you told him that I said, I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I just committed to it. <laughs> I don't even think I ever still ever told Dom that I did tell Patrice that. But it was uh it's so funny that he, I think he just dropped it eventually and just decided he was gonna like me. He like played it, it off like Robbie Prod did. I, did not, I mean I would have accepted anything besides me took I'm like Patrice don't I told that was like a buddy going like yeah. hey this guy and Patrice made it seem like he's like, I don't give a shit. Fuck that guy, he could hate me. And then he was like immediately addressed it. I'm like, Oh, thanks, Patrice. That's so funny. Yeah, like, it was obvious. Like I didn't say it was you. I'm like it was obviously me. <laughs> there was no one else. There was no one else there for it to be. I just committed to a lie. What are you doing in L.A. this week? What have you been doing? Uh, I did uh, this not happening taping for Comedy Central. I headlined the Improv uh, last Tuesday, and yeah, I did the we did the Burt cast with me, you, Ari. God, that was and Burt yesterday. <sighs> uh, did Kill Tony Monday, which was. Yeah. Fucking awesome! Yeah, that so was impressed. A- I can't say it enough. Uh, I was, I'm really impressed with that girl you have. Do the minute a week, Ali Makovsky. Yeah, I I brought. She did a. I gave her a five minute guest spot on my head. I love show that. That is so at cool. The thing and uh, and she was so like appreciative of it. Yeah, you know. I also I, you're I, gonna, I said hi to her. I bullshit with her when she came out to New York once. So it's like she's a she's a good kid. You're gonna end <laughs> up bragging about putting her on as you're gonna. This is my prediction. You're gonna end up in the future for a while bragging about how you gave her that guest spot yeah, yeah you're gonna be like i remember when i first saw her on kill tony i threw her on my show at the improv the next night yeah, because funny. she is a monster and yeah. she's like the real deal and like a new joke a week is like actually not easy and i don't think I, 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 i've done like three with her and i've never seen her do bad <clears throat> my theory is this i'm almost jealous by the way i sort of wish i debuted everything that I did, I sort of wish I did a minute at the top, yeah, which yeah. is something that, every, you know, I've gotten notes, you know, people are like, hey, you know, one thing you should do because you're blah, 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 right, you know, but I've always ignored it. But with that said, one thing that is really cool is that, you know, say a few years down the road, she makes a special or whatever, her first whatever, or even an album, and you've heard sort of the roots of it, these, yeah. you know, diehard fans, a lot of listeners on kill tony now and they're all getting so she's my point is is like her her growth is like documented yeah. and her start was incredible she got brought up on episode 100 by bruce buffer i think she was 19 at the time really yeah bruce buffer because it was episode 100 uh, oh yeah it was like a thing like she had to like leave right away because she was young yeah she'd have to leave right afterwards and then um and then Right after she became a regular on episode 100, a couple weeks later, for the first time, people that were under 21 were no longer allowed to perform here. So after being announced as the newest regular on episode 100, which, by the way, is, you know, fucking 100 and that's like 120 episodes ago of a weekly show. So that's that was. Yeah, she's been doing a new minute off and on for like two and a half years or something crazy like that that's amazing yeah i mean she's a a minute, i mean again you know it's a minute i don't know but i'm almost impressed with the formatting of being able to condense something to under if you were like tell me make you laugh for a minute i would have to like and speed aggressively go at the crowd because i'm like there's nothing i say that i think everything and, i'm like do i tell the tranny story do yeah. i tell the what it's like too too long but what we know since we do this every night is that if you can get them in 60 seconds you got them oh, especially yeah. if everything you the if the backbone of everything you write is 
to hit that hard that effectively you're yeah. getting down it's a we know that it's a uh you know an economy of words sure. and also it's got to be fucking funny so i'm like that that ali makovsky thing you know we've had regulars on kill tony for a long time but this ali makovsky situation is extra 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 special because it's really like she's killing it and all of that other stuff's happening yeah so it's a cool thing the it's economy like, awards is such an interesting uh thing too because i really i think that it's got it's really is different for everybody for every like mm-hmm. kind of type of comic like a speed oh, it's like so true like and i know comic is like then it is like i get the idea of like trimming the fat but i used to get that all the time like trim the fat on your thing and i was like but the fun to me was always like the heavy heavy no, detail absolutely stretching right stretching out that's what i said boy, tracy we watched i think with tracy morgan the other day who says something like that you know it's like really uh and that honestly comes from like people would outright say that in the black comedy circuit when i was doing all that for the first two years mm-hmm. was uh, some of the good advice i got with that about the milking product like man get eight punch lines out of that if you can like yeah. really just keep going and i was like yeah that is kind of like fun. you know that's kind of what the black circuit's based on you know what i mean like really riding it out then acting it out and then totally. doing whatever the song played totally you know it's like so I, there was something kind of good about that where it is like to be like very graphically detailed in yeah. what you say but i'm not like that's why i think it's so funny about like the the comparison to me and tell i think is a lot in our voices um because I, we, we don't do anything remotely so other than like be, both being dirty i mean mm-hmm. that's true but like his thing is really like jokes it's like yeah. set up and my thing is definitely like i don't have any like right set up punt like you know but up up jokes at all i have none I, I don't and i love that but that's but i'm not supposed to i love being a fan of that i love being a fan of different kinds of comedy that's like the most fun thing of course i like people that are silly and you know brian regan's a genius as much as oh. bill burr's a genius you know like that's one person we were talking about uh when we me you bert and uh, Ari did that podcast yesterday. One thing that came up at one point that I almost brought up but didn't get a chance to because we moved on was uh, we were talking about Nate Bargatze and something about uh, no swearing, no cussing. And were you you were you were with us when we did some oddball dates with Brian Regan, right? Sure, yeah. And did you hang with us after? Yeah. I can't remember. Absolutely, we had yeah. so much fun. That yeah. fucking guy is mind-boggling yeah he's a sweetheart <laughs> just like a very has genuine. everybody do uh you know we're all everybody's just hanging out we're drinking kicking it and he's just an absolute yeah. murder and he's just some normal guy yeah he's a i think he's just a family man you know <laughs> yeah. he's a father or a husband he's a uh but he, he likes he built to... it he built it a hundred percent off of stand-up yeah and he tours theaters, and he's a millionaire, and he lives probably in a great place. And but the thing that surprises me is just how much fun he is. Everybody that's on the show doing a shot of a uh, peach schnapps before the show. Yeah, he's that's just, amazing. He's just a uh, whatever that kind of comedy is, man. It's just like silly. it's nothing like at all what I do. But goddamn, it's hilarious. But yeah. it's great. Like you don't want to like you'll over critique right everything. I mean, like I said, my favorite growing up man was Dice. And now I, I mean, I still think he's hilarious, but I'm just saying, like, it's that uh, I, I can only, I only watch him now with a like, critique of like him myself, because I, we're all, I'm, I feel like I'm in that vein of like, I'm, dirt, I'm definitely a dirty, you know, dirty act. Yeah. And so, it's uh, that that was kind of the guy that I like aspired to. Right. So I watched that with too much of a trained eye now, versus like, like I said, who was it? Uh, Joe DeRosa was trying to. Uh, Take down a mu. I don't want to say the music act, but it's a music act that I like. But it's a comedy music act. And Joe DeRose just goes, "If he goes, he goes, yeah, is this really funny mm-hmm. and great?" And I'm like, "Well, the guy's actually also crazy talented at like hip hop. He's like rap, and uh, but it's a comedy thing." And he's like, "Is it really great?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think it's pretty." Great. He's like, "If he's like, listen to the jokes he's making, like his musical jokes." He goes, "If a stand up was saying that, would you?" Would you still think that was good jokes? And it's like, <laughs> ah, shit. No, uh, I wouldn't. I'm like, they are shitty jokes. He's like, it's just like a good rapper, and it's like, it's funny in that context. But I'm like, ah, I guess you're right. It's not all that. Did you, have you seen Dice's new show? No. Oh, the the TV show. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, season two is coming out. So. Yeah. Have you seen I'm Dying Up Here? No, not yet. It's I cool. DVR at home when I get back home. All right. Have you seen it? I saw the pilot. Yeah. You love it, right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It really feel they did a great job of capturing this place because I know it wasn't shot here, but it feels like it was. Yeah, and it's, it's basically cool. the. Uh, why are they changing the names? 
think um, a legal thing. I no? don't think they. I don't think that they. Here's I think a money and legal thing, right? Wait, what? I think it's a money and legal thing. Yeah, totally, yeah. definitely is a money legal thing, and I it's think based off of a true story from here. Correct. Is it's based big? on the era and the scene. the The show is clearly influenced. You know, the thing was is that the book, you know, talks about the comedy store and this and that. And I think they bought the rights to the book. Showtime did, but from what I understand, they can't say that they're at the comedy store. But in in the show, even in the pilot, they reference like one guy who shows up to Goldie's Club. Is that what it's called, Goldie's? Yeah. Um, which is black, lacquer. <laughs> everything's either black and shiny, or red, or glowing, or very minimal anything fucking else. And it's blatantly red, red neon yeah. above the tops of the bars and everything. And and uh, oh, at the one point, a comedian comes in and is like, "Oh man, you just did a spot at the comedy store." So that's their way of like separating that it's not the comedy store, but. <laughs> I didn't it's, even catch that. That's cool. Well, that's what they told me, by the way. I didn't catch it either, but yeah. I mentioned I was talking to one of the writers, in which I'm like, man, I don't know how you guys get away with it. But it's a, and he's it's like, a, well, a comedian comes in and says, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Ooh. Ooh wee. <laughs> well, there's that problem solved. Oh, Lord. I'm about to go on a gigantic tour, Big J. It's the Monster Energy Outbreak Tour, the month of August, and leading all the way up until then. Houston, fucking, God damn, I'm going everywhere. Uh, Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Have you done that before, something like that? Um, Never on a headline, like a multiple one-night thing. This is crazy to me. It's all new to me, and like I'm like gonna... And they're just full stand-up shows. Yeah, and it's one of those like easier and more sensical to rent a car situations because it's like a two-hour drive from place to place but because uh, you know like it takes and you have to get to the airport an hour early if the flight's no, an yeah. hour no, so you two have hours so i'm driving and it'll be interesting to to f- to i would say. do up to five like if it was five hours yeah. that's what i said that's yeah we're on the same boat up to five and then after five it gets dice it's it's after five it's fucked your day you know what we should do? We should figure out uh yeah, when I'm in New York or if you're if you wanna if you're around during when I'm doing shows, I have Gramercy Theater in New York City as part of this tour. Oh, uh, there's a Asbury Park I'm going to. Jersey. Um, Boston. So I mean we I have to get a little crew together because I'm taking uh, Jeremiah Watkins with me. Oh, nice. every week of the tour except my upper east coast part i figure i'll find some uh find some soldiers like for example <clears throat> the only other date that jeremiah couldn't make was nashville zany's tuesday i think it's uh whatever um in in august and so i hit up ralphie may i'm like hey what's up you want to open for me in uh nashville like <laughs> smiley cute emoticons to like you know diffuse the situation you know what I mean? Yeah. Want a feature for me? Oh, fuck yeah, he did. That's awesome. We're going to barbecue? Are you kidding me? That's <laughs> the cool part about being friends. Like, I don't know how to, like, ask monsters if they want to do a show with me. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So it's like, no, absolutely. I don't know what but that I, is. Or, we, uh, I had that argument uh, about featuring people before where they get, like, kind of, like, like even bitchy well, about it still. I'm like, I'm like my thing, if I had a weekend off, yeah, and, uh, like, now if I have a weekend off, I'm, I cherish that, but... If I was doing like, you know, on the road once a month or something like that, and yeah. I had a weekend off and like Ari was like, we, we were talking about the thing yesterday. I said, when yeah. I did that Calusa Casino, I did it opening yeah. for Ari. I'm like, yeah, yeah I've never been there before. I was like, I'll, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. For, that when people argue about because they it's, want the notoriety of the headline right. go, how about the pressure of the draw I go I'll tell you yeah. what I go anytime dude I'll be happy do 45 in the middle I'll close on yeah. 30 yeah. I'll do 25 I'll get the fuck out of here absolutely and I come from the school of Rogan where he's taking fucking Joey Diaz he says Joey Diaz is the best comedian he knows it's his favorite comedian Right. So he takes him to bury him. It's open. That, that, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, I, you know, Joey opened up for me, which probably was didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Joey opened for me for my special. I'm like, oh, I have this great idea. You, you know, you I'm know just the, gonna have Joey Diaz do fucking ten minutes of thunder, and then <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take my one hour special at the Ice House, and he brings me up, but he ended up doing like uh, fourteen of just murder fucking murder man i'm listening we're you know we're ready to start the 
special if you oh. remember as stupid it, 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 you probably it, anyway it starts with me outside leaning up against a wall and you can yeah. just hear like <laughs> i'm leaning up against the wall they're like all right we're gonna start uh we're waiting for him to close and then when he closes it's all gonna be like one walk because he's gonna do he was supposed to you know thank you that's my time and then just slowly you know over you know 20 take like a 20 second thing and then you know bring me up but all I keep hearing is he's going, you know, just a few minutes over. But, dude, when you're about to, when you know, and by the way, mind you, it's all one shot. One steady yeah. cam, one fucking everything. So, like, we have one shot at this one, the beginning going smoothly. So, either I'm going to spend fucking an hour, like, why am I paying these idiots? Because it's, it's already blown. So, really, not only am I about to shoot my first special with, you know, I hired the people, blah, 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 blah. All that pressure, which would normally be insane. But Diaz is, I mean, the roar. You could just... <laughs> as he's killing. And it's not him. It's the fucking audience. The crowd is roaring. Which, it, it was an early Saturday show. I think it was like a fucking like 7.30 taping. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my God. That fucking crowd. They, I just saw them, you know, 10 minutes before, be, yeah. or 20 minutes before being, you know, like sort of like the, the sun's going down. It just didn't seem like they were that breakable. A good comic, though, what you want to follow is that you want to ride that energy. Oh, yeah, so totally. Yes, that energy totally. ride is, is the absolute best. You know, totally. it, it's, it's funny that I like that uh, I think in most of like our friends bi-coastally, like, are, are people of a similar ilk that you kind of come from somebody who helped a lot of comics and then you yourself try to like help. So it's like, I've never, when I, when I started going on the road a little bit, it was funny when I would try to like bring an opener before they would just be like, you know, sure. Yeah. Well, now they'll let me bring, but it's like at the time they'd be like, no, we use blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I, go, I'm and, still and, going through and that And when right I get now. there, yeah, I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, hey, it's the, the guy I just had was like really funny. I wasn't trying to like make any waves or anything. And they go, no, it's not that. It's just like, you know, how many, and they say how many comics bring a shitty comic with them to do shitty so they can like save the day. Oh. And they were and they were like naming names. And they're like, oh, this person always brings a dud with them. This right. person always brings a, like a comic to just like eat shit. I never really thought so of they it go that there way. And eat the, I go, I said every. I go. Well, I promise you, and this is why they let me start doing. It, I promise you, anybody I bring you, I'm bringing because I hope you like them and bring them back to work externally for me. I'm bringing you people that I think are funny, right? And I like to uh, work. I mean, for a year, I mean, I brought Nate Bargatze years ago. I brought him on the road several times at me. Beast, Mike Vecchione, Beast, like you know, yeah. Kurt's open for me before. Yeah, you know, just murder. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Jeremiah has been absolutely like just. I mean. It's my favorite thing in the world, he watching the evolution thing, of uh, Kill. Kill Tony. And every single Monday, every single Monday, he was a sportscaster, this one, right? Every I mean, Monday, Big J, he's a different character decimating the room. Yeah. Absolutely freakish, Im- improvisational guru. And he's really yeah, Jeremiah's like, a unique talent, man. Yeah. He really is. And he's, and he's in every fucking hit show. Yeah. Goddamn yeah. Comedy Jam, Roast Battle, Kill Tony, and his improvised stand-up show is about to do something really cool. I think he's going to have you know, <clears throat> some fun announcements coming up with stuff. Other than the fact that he's doing the Monster Energy Outbreak Tour with me the entire <laughs> month of August. Other dates, too. Jacksonville, Florida, going to be at Skankfest with you, doing Kill Tony for the first time ever in, New, in York New York City. you're in New York, you got to come on Bonfire, too. Yeah. You have a blast. Yeah, I'm just there that one day, but I'm coming back uh, for the Gramercy Theater at the end of the Monster Energy Outbreak Tour, and I'm going to have, you know, some any of you guys or any of my cool friends in New York that want to do guest spots on that. It's the Gram- Gramercy Theater is a fun place, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, now the Skank fans will show up for you big time. I love yeah, that. They tell me, always tell them where they're... Uh to wear their shirts and shit yeah. and they come so you see them yeah do so it Mark Norman a bunch of people on the road say like Ari even tells me they go yeah. such a friendly face when you see that you see a guy with the uh, yeah with the... we had that was that's Luis J Gomez marketing man I never would have thought about like doing I the merch him. stuff but I mean at the improv the other night I, I called those right afterwards I go dude 15 Legion of Skank yeah. shirts in the audience 15 yeah. all the different kinds and different you know styles and shit I'm like it's crazy yeah he's a genius <laughs> I love him He's Does? so funny. You know, the first time I really met him was that whole sty episode when he oh. had the sty in his you eye guys, and well, I kept you, doing sty puns. You did the roast battle the night before you judged. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he hosted it. You just... 
but that was really our bonding experience he's sitting next to me with this like pussy sty on his eye and he's like man this sty is really fucking me up i'm like what a sty i ended up doing like i don't know in the the tens of in the tens and tens of like wow uh, sty stallone over here all these dumb fucking but every time it was just timed perfectly (laughs) right exactly where it kind of went away and then it just came back up and it was like (laughs) because <laughs> he knew it looked so it was, it was pretty gnarly <laughs> oh man uh so big j what else is going on with you you have the show on CISO that i just partook in the yes, great indeed. what's your fucking deal yeah which fucking deal? all crowd work show mm-hmm. uh available on CISO. yeah tony did season two where we uh it's when we mixed up the audience microphone uh people who was in the audience on yours um was, uh, oh, i'm trying to remember i think it was uh joe DeRosa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was Judge Rose. Yeah. Because yeah. Todd Glass was on with you, too, right? Yeah. That was an amazing show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so check Todd out. killed it. CISO, Bonfire on Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM95, Legion of Skanks, SDR show all on Guest Digital, and Big J Comedy for any of my tour dates and stuff. Yeah. I'm going on the road a bunch now, so yeah. Beautiful. And please always kill Tony fans. Uh, yep. All of your fans, all of the Pony Hour. Yes. Uh, fans, yeah, come out. Always say hi. Definitely. And likewise with me on my tour, you can listen to uh, this on the Laughable app. Do you know that, Ari? You have that Laughable app? I have an Android phone. Oh. They need to get on. I, it's laughable. available. It's, it, I'm pretty sure it's available for Android. Oh, it is. Okay. I might be wrong. I'm but it right now. You, on the Laughable app, you can just look at somebody up, and it shows you all the podcasts that they've ever done on yeah. different wavelengths, and it still makes sense. Everybody gets their downloads. It still works out for everybody. And uh, so it, you know, if you're a fan of someone in particular, you could listen to their Kill Tony episodes or their Pony Hour or their Legion of Skanks. You know, it, it consolidates When you everything. first started doing comedy, did you ever think that somehow that would involve having to do Google Analytics? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> to find out what city you should go in. Do you Bert, think Seinfeld ever did that? I think think those guys just got an hour of comedy and went on the road. <laughs> Bert Kreischer taught me about Google Trends. And it's a fucking... I don't ever look it up, but just knowing that it exists now, knowing what it is, what is it? creeps oh, me out. It's going to hurt. What is it? There's this thing called Google Trends. You know about this, Ari? Yeah, it's like the top searched thing. It, it shows you how... What's trending? It shows you how much the world is into you. And you can compare you to other things. Yeah. Like that day or that week or whatever. Like if you have a... Where do you find this? Let's say you did like an awesome episode of Rogan. You know, it would be like a huge spike. But then, you know, whatever. It's kind of like your IMDb star rating. Yeah, but I think Google Trends is a little more like that. I don't. Yeah. Where do you find this? I don't want to say I don't trust the IMDb star rating because I feel like that would True. affect my star rating on IMDb. <laughs> but what I will say is that the if you just type in like Google Trends and it takes you like Google Trends or something like you that. Can look up your name. You can look up anything. It'll show you like anything. Yikes! Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what the fuck else? Sorry. What time is this? You guys are an hour and one minute. Perfect oh, God. Timer. I mean, I even I surprise myself sometimes. Stuck the landing. Just unbelievable. God damn it. TonyHenchcliffe.com. Tour dates. There's a new store opening up. We're with the final final week of, I, I'll bet you, week or two of this store not being open. The new Tony Henchcliffe store with beer koozies and stickers and little couplets. Get a pony, a golden pony glass. Maybe a, maybe a, a key ring. Yeah, a key ring. That's a good guess. Um, what else? Sorry, anything else? Come watch Kill Tony every Monday at the Comedy Store. That's every Monday at the Comedy Store. Sunday, this Sunday, Moses and I are trying a brand new show for the first time called oh, Town I didn't Hall. Hear about this. We are debuting a new show. The minds that brought you Kill Tony and Roast Battle are now joining forces for a new main room show, an experimental show called Town Hall. That's going to be crazy. All right. I love you guys. Bye. Thanks, Big J. You're the best. Thank you, man. Unbelievable. Thanks for having so me. much fun. You're one of my favorite people, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. I never know how to end these things. That was good.